Hey everybody, I'm Eileen Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries, and welcome to the Treasured Ministries podcast, where we teach you and inspire you with timeless biblical truths that can heal soul hearts. Today, I am so excited because one of my favorite Christian authors is joining us today, Dr. Michelle Bingson. Michelle, welcome to the program. Uh, thanks. I'm so glad to be back with you. Well, we're so glad to have you. And uh, if you listened to the podcast last week, uh, which if you missed it, definitely go back and listen to it because we were talking about the subject of anxiety, which has been on the rise uh, as the years have gone by. And Michelle uh, uh, has been was called by the Lord to write a book on anxiety, and it is absolutely excellent. And so, I first just want to say because this book is 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 you can go to Amazon, you can pre order it, um, but it is awesome. It is awesome, and it's called Breaking Anxiety's Grip: How to Reclaim the Peace of God's promises. And we've got that link for you inside of our podcast description, as well as Michelle's other book, Hope Prevails, Insights from a Doctor's Personal Journey uh, Through Depression. Um, and what I want to say about Michelle's material is that when I, when I read her first book, I literally could not put it down. And uh, I love the fact that Michelle's professional background, you know, Michelle has studied neuroscience for decades. Um, and so she has a professional clinical background, but she's also has a personal background in the struggle of depression and, and anxiety. And she tells this beautiful story of, of her life. She opens herself up to her own personal journey where she learned that, you know, th that the medicine and the exercise and the diet, it wasn't enough, that there was a spiritual root in that. So Michelle very authentically and lovingly brings truth to the surface in, in both of these areas. So I want to really encourage you to get her book. Her, bu her books, they're the kind of books that I buy for myself, but I also buy extra copies and keep them in my car. And I tell our small group leaders at Treasured Ministries, if you have a woman that is struggling with anxiety and depression, this is the resource that you need to, to give to her. So today... Today, uh, when I asked Michelle to do a podcast, we did one on anxiety, but there's a section in her book, and I said, Michelle, can we do a part two? And she graciously agreed to do that because I'd love uh, for you to share with our listeners um, about the concept of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, and you talk about this inside of your book, and I think that we hear a little bit about it in the body of Christ, but not not a whole lot. Um, so first, can you explain to our listeners why you decided to talk about that topic inside of your book about anxiety? 
Yeah, I think it's so important for us to talk about this because we don't realize how much power our thoughts and our words have. But scripture says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So what that tells me is what we spend our time thinking about is actually going to have an impact in our lives. And I have a particular fondness for the book of Job for many reasons, but in part because I've experienced so many trials in my life. And I love seeing how Job not only experienced many trials, but I love seeing how God brought him through that. And I also love seeing how God put a limit on what he would allow the enemy to do to Job. But in the book of Job, it talks about how Job would pray every morning a prayer of protection over his children because his children would party every night and Job would pray a prayer of protection. But in Job, he lost all of his livestock. There was a tornado-type wind, and it flattened the house, and he lost all of his children. And Mm -hmm. there is a verse in Job, and it says, What I feared the most has come upon me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I will never forget when I first read that, and I thought, oh, my word. That's talking about how... He opened up his mind and his heart to the spirit of fear to have its way in his life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so often we do that because we, what we think in our mind and what we entertain in our heart allows the spirit of fear to come in and have its way. And people don't like that. They, they don't like me to talk about that, but... In 2 Timothy 1.7, we talked about this last week on the podcast, but it says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. And there is such a thing as the spirit of fear, and that's who brings worry, fear, and anxiety into our life. But we give the enemy power by what we speak and what we think. Mm-hmm. And so it is so crucial that we are very intentional about the thoughts that we allow into our head and the words that we speak out of our mouth. I cannot tell you how many times I will be around people and they will just say things like, well, that's just going to kill me. Yeah. And I, and I cringe because I think, well, if you say so, Mm-hmm. It probably mm-hmm. will, and they mm-hmm. don't realize. And and for people that I know, I will gently find a way to have a conversation. And and I have conversations like this with patients all the time. You've got to be careful what you say. Yeah. Or people people just think it's funny, but they'll say, "Well, that just drives me crazy." Uh-huh. And I think, well, yep, it probably is. Right. Because <laughs> you're opening the door for it to have an influence in your mind. Right. And so that's why I talk in the book about this self-fulfilling prophecy, because we give so much power away by what we think and what we speak. 
and God has allowed it. But that's why we need to spend time meditating on the scripture and we need to be speaking out God's word and we need to be rebuking the enemy and quit giving him so much power. Right, right. And so, you know, really bringing awareness to the power of the words that we say and how that can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. And the reason it does is because the words that we say have power. I mean, James says that our tongue is like a rudder. So is, um, is that kind of accurate to this? Yes, it's so accurate. Okay. You know, when when Jesus was tempted in the desert by the enemy, and the enemy used scripture against him, Jesus refuted the enemy with scripture back. Right. It's, you know, it says that scripture is more powerful than a two-edged sword. And so there is nothing more powerful that we can speak than the word of God. Now, obviously, we're not going to all of our conversation is not going to be God's word. But I think it's so powerful to consider if we go back to my original conversation about the book of Job. When Job was going through such a hard time and his friends came and sat with him, that was beautiful. They just sat in silence and entertained with him his grief. They didn't get into any trouble until they started opening their mouths. Right. They needed to just be quiet. And I think if we would spend more time using less words, we would get into much less trouble. And if we would pray before we would speak, we would get ourselves into much less trouble. But so often we're quick to fill the silence with what seems like empty words, but they're not empty. We have to understand that the enemy of our soul is a legalist and he will use those words very powerfully. We we think that they're just funny or, you know, we didn't mean anything by it. It doesn't matter if we didn't mean anything by it. He will use those words against us or against our loved ones. Mm. Yeah, that's so powerful. That's so powerful. Um, you speaking and the whole idea of the of the self fulfilling prophecy reminds me of when the Israelites were in the wilderness, and you know they sent out the twelve spies into the promised land, and they all came back and said, "This land is flowing with milk and honey. There's, you know, it's it's fruitful." But then 10 of them had a but. But there are giants in the land. We seem like grasshoppers in their eyes. And then there was Joshua and Caleb. And they didn't deny the giants, but they said, we, or Caleb said, we will surely overcome them. And, and to your point about the friends being silent, inside that passage, Joshua never says a word. And so sometimes if we're afraid of whatever's going on in our life, sometimes it's better just not to say anything at all, isn't Michelle? <laughs> like if you're That's right. You know what That's I mean? Right. Until yeah. you can but but and what happened was that they spoke out their words and then their words led to worry from the other people around them. And then that led to wailing. It just, you know, we should have gone back to Egypt and just, you know, everything is going to fall apart. 
and they never made it into the promised land. And so what they said ended up actually happening before, I mean, they didn't even set foot inside the promised land. Right. But it was because, and Caleb, uh, you know, he just said, we will surely overcome them. And he knew that was truth because God had promised that land to Abraham uh, many years ago and, and to the people of Israel. Um, but to your point about being silent and, you know, if you don't have the faith right at the moment, to, you know, it's better for you to just to uh, to just to be silent. And I think, too, you know, to associate with people who uh, who who speak truth, because you can see how words can spread like that. I mean, that's, you know, uh, they it's like, I mean, the Bible says it's like fire. And so the, you know, the 10 spies who doubted God spread all that worry and fear to the Israelites, whereas Joshua and Caleb were only, you know, two, but they, they went against that. Um, and there was that self-fulfilling prophecy that was there because it was God's intention, right, for them to be in the promised land. Um, but they didn't they didn't speak it and they didn't believe it. That's so silly. Why do we do this, Michelle? I'm just like saying, you know, because I'll be like those spies and say, you know, how am I going to do this? And I get, get overwhelmed. Um, and what, what is the personal payoff? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like that we cave to those worry and cave to those thoughts because if you think about it it doesn't yield any good results i mean is it is it just temptation from the enemy or are we trying to be self-protective by going ahead and saying it's not going to work out or um, what exactly do you think what it is but in our quest to be self-protective i did, it's so funny i just posted on social media about this yesterday In our quest to be self-protective, it leaves no room for God's protective love. Whoa. Okay. That is awesome. That is awesome. Because, yeah. That's exactly Mm -hmm. what the enemy wants. The enemy doesn't want us to be encircled in God's protective love because he doesn't have any of it. And that's why the enemy doesn't want us to be bathed in peace either, because he experiences none of it himself. He he lost that privilege. Mm. So the enemy is constantly bathing us in temptation to look at the negative and what we focus on will grow. So if we could focus on the good, if we could focus on God's truth, even when the facts might say otherwise, if we can focus on God's truth, that will grow. But when we focus on the facts that we see, just like your biblical example, that's what will grow in our mind. Mm -hmm. And so that's in part why it is a self-fulfilling prophecy, because then we are more apt to see what we're focusing on. And then our actions will follow. Absolutely. That is so powerful. And I that's so awesome. I'm like, oh my goodness, I need to just process this for a while because, you know, those self-protective measures that can keep you from moving forward into what God would have for you. But 
God wants to be your protector. And so That's right. And so if we don't do that, then we we don't allow him the opportunity to do that and we also hold ourselves back from from everything that God has. That's very powerful. That's very very powerful. Where where do these self-fulfilling prophecies and these triggers that can happen in our life um, because we self-protect in different ways where where can they come from well so often they come from what has been modeled for us mm-hmm. previously in in our home life you know so much of worry fear and anxiety will come from the way our parents modeled for us when we were growing up and that's in large part why I think we are seeing even more of that in our children now it's like it gets even worse in each generation and that's why it's so crucial that we are teaching our children how to stand on the word of God instead of listening to what their peers and what their teachers are saying. We need to teach them how to battle with God's truth. Right. And and now we've got social media that inundates us with fake news, even if it is true news, it's it's ever present. Mm-hmm. And we need to be able to turn it off. And say, you know what, this is no surprise to God. God has already gone before. He already knows the answer of what he's going to do to protect us from it. Right, right. And speaking out that truth. And I love, you know, what you're saying to model that for your children. And, and we, we talked about this in inside of the part one uh, podcast. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that, it's really good. But that, um, that awareness is so key and that our responses are often automatic. They become habit. And one of the biggest gifts we can give to our children is just that awareness so that we stop and we pull back and begin to speak God's truth about the situation. And that's so easily said, but we all know that in the heat of the moment that it it's it's not easy. It's hard, um, and it takes faith. And one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this up in a specific podcast is because it's not really talked about, and so people are walking around unaware that that they're doing this, and it's completely, you know, you're a child of God, and this is completely not God's. Uh, what he would want for you to struggle with this fear and worry and, you know, the self-fulfilling prophecy. And so I want to just invite our listeners to order your book because you go into this topic um, and many others around uh, anxiety and worry in into the book and give very specific ways on uh, on just practical disciplines that we can put in our life that by God's design so that we we don't have to play into the enemy's hands. Um, you know, this came so, so pronounced in my own life in two ways. When my father died when I was a child, my very first thought is, what am I going to have to do to provide for our family? Because I was very concerned about our financial state. But my second thought was, 
I don't want to be in this position if something happens to my future husband. So I already started having the fear that something would happen to my future husband. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, it did. After I got married, my husband was diagnosed with cancer. Then after I got married, I started having the fear, what if my husband loses his job? How am I going to provide for our family? And I remember down the road, he lost his job and I had the thought, God, you knew this was my biggest fear. And so there were two examples in my own life where what I feared the most has come upon me. So I allowed the spirit of fear to come in instead of nipping it in the bud and going, you know what? I don't have a reason to fear. I have the God of the universe as my heavenly father. And whatever happens in my life, he is my first and foremost provider. But I allowed that spirit of fear to come in instead of nipping it in the bud and saying, I don't have to fear. He's got my back. Yes. So I wish more people knew about that because I tell you what, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let that enemy steal from my life like that anymore. God's got it. Yeah. He's got it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, and, and certainly the enemy is reminding us otherwise all the time. Um, and we're in that spiritual battle and agreement is alignment. And we're either going to argue with God's truth and agree with the enemy or align our mind and our thinking. And what I hear you saying so much and such a good reminder for me, align my speaking and to really be aware, to really be aware of the words that I'm saying uh, and, and speaking. Now, what would you say to somebody, but but if, if they would say to you, but Michelle, you know, this tragedy is happening in my life. This, you know, situation is happening in my life. Uh, and so, you know, how, how do I handle that? How do I, how do I process that and, you know, uh, walk through that in an authentic way? but in a way that's not agreeing with the enemy. So regardless of what brought the tragedy on, because in both of those situations in my life, I could accept blame for it because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy or, or not. But scripture says there's therefore now no condemnation for those of us in Christ Jesus. Regardless of what brings the tragedy on, the first step would be to say, okay, Father, It's here, and I don't know how to handle it, but I'm going to trust that it doesn't take you by surprise, and you will handle it. And you have said in your word that you promise to work all things together for good, so I'm going to trust that in and through this, you will bring good out of this situation. That's the best thing that you can do, because God said... We will face trials and tribulation in this life. But it also says that Jesus has overcome them. So look to him to be your guiding force. He's got you. He's got you. And he's going to walk with you through it. You're not alone. He's going to take care of you through it. 
Is it painful? Yes. I've been there. I know the pain, but you're not in it alone and you're going to make it through it. You will get through it with God by your side. And I promise you, I promise you, if you get nothing else out of my books, is that God never, ever wastes our pain. Mm. Ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Victory is always ours with Him. Always ours. It is. Yeah. It, it, it can be hard to see that in the middle mm-hmm. of the trial because it is so painful. But I promise you, you're not alone in the trial. It, these trials never take God by surprise. He's already figured out how He's going to get you through it and the good that He's going to bring through it. Love it. Love it. And I think that's a beautiful note to end today. But if you're saying, like I probably know you are because I'm saying, no, 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 let's talk more. Let's unpack the whole book. You don't have to end here. You can continue to connect with Michelle uh, through social media. She's got a great Facebook page. Uh, We provided the links for you inside of this podcast description. You can sign up for her blog. She's got some great freebies on her website. And again, if you want to read more about this idea of the self-fulfilling prophecy or how to address anxiety, worry, and fear, because we're all going to feel that, absolutely order her book. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, And you can click on the link um, and order Breaking Anxiety's Grip by just reading our podcast description. Michelle, it is always such an honor to have you here on the program today. Thank you so much for uh, for taking time out of your busy schedule. Um, we really appreciate everything that you're doing uh, to help those that are hurting. Oh, I appreciate you so much. Thank you for this opportunity. You are so welcome. And thanks so much to everybody out there for listening in. And we look forward to connecting with you next week on the next Treasured Ministries podcast. Bye-bye. Bye.